Hello everyone and welcome to the Boss Bitches podcast with me, Debbie Lynn. Today I've got a really exciting guest for you. It is Claire Simo. Oh my God. I don't know what's worse than being called boss or a bitch. I'm not sure. <laughs> hey, just, trust me, it's a compliment. Thank I promise. you. So Claire, I, I don't even know where to start with you because, oh my goodness, you are juggling all sorts at the moment. Um, tell me a little bit about all the various jobs you do. <laughs> How long have we got on the podcast? Uh, we got like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a gal for you, darling, uh, as much time as you need. You see, the thing is, I think that everyone thinks there's like clones of me, and there really isn't clones. <laughs> there's just one of me, and I'm not really Emma Bunton either, just for the people who think I'm Baby Spice. <gasps> I, yeah. Honestly, I you people think I'm like, oh, I like, I like to say I'm the oldie version of Baby Spice. So basically, I have got a lot going on. I think it's one of those, when you work in this industry, there's, there's so many different things that you like sort of have to do. So I have a slightly normal job at Innovation Cars in Ainsdale yeah. which is like sort of the job that, that you sort of have right right this job's going to be here we suddenly went into lockdown again hopefully <laughs> um, and it's great because I'm working with a load of my mates and I do their marketing for them and bits and bobs Obviously, yeah, my main job is being on the radio. Um, I've done radio since 1996. Yeah, you started uh, on Radio City, City didn't yeah, you? Yeah, started yeah. on Radio City with the breakfast show with Kev Seed. Um, and then, obviously, I moved to a number of different stations. Ended up doing some bits and still do for Radio Merseyside. And then last October, um, filled in for somebody for on in demand. I was only supposed to be there for two weeks, and here I am, still there. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> and it's, the great thing about in demand is it's like all the old Radio City crew. So we all know each other and it's and it's just a dead, chilled atmosphere. It's just, it's fantastic. Banter. So off the back of that, obviously, there's always come gigs where you're hosting events. I think we were at one of the Prides of Sefton the other week. Certainly the were. Grand, yeah. we? So we were there together. Um, and then obviously I've got me singing as well. As my daughter always says, she goes, people say, what does your mum do for a living? And my daughter goes, I don't really know. She's just got a lot of side quests. So apparently I'm the side quest queen. That's the yeah, that's what I get called. Fantastic. Goodness me, lots to uh, lots to look at there. Um, you're also an ambassador for a couple of really amazing charities. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. I'm really, really pleased about it, actually, because I think I, I, I was talking talk about this a lot, that people use, when you've got, don't for one minute think of any sort of celebrity, but when you've got some sort of, following and people are interested you could go down the route of advertising clothes blah blah all the time I've always seen it as a platform to highlight charities that need you know sometimes need that need that, a that voice, need that voice. Yeah. Um, I did some for the Walton Centre the other day um, I'm an ambassador for the James Bulger Memorial Trust wow. which um, I've known Denise James's mum for a long, long time. We met at Radio City during a, a carol, funny enough, a, car, a charity carol service, and we just hit it off. It was like, it was, it was the very first news story I ever saw. You know, and I'd never seen anything. And I remember everybody who's, you know, I think you're a lot younger than me. Um, you were following the story of God, where's James? This kid's going to come back all right, and then. He didn't, and God forbid, what happened to him was just horrific. And, and it, really, it still haunts me. It is, uh, and, today. and I can't imagine it. what his mum goes through. No, and even even when we do, because we do it at James's birthday every year. I host the uh, with myself with Jay Hine from Guide Liverpool. We host a, a dinner around his birthday, so we always do it on his birthday for the point that it would have been James's, you know, 30th birthday this year. It was, it was 30 years missing, yeah. which was just horrific. And every year, there's, there's obviously something put together of the terrible things that surround at the time when he left and 
it's it's still absolutely like you say you're spot on it haunts any mother yeah. i think doesn't it and it's I, I think so that's what really yeah it really does get to you doesn't yeah. it yeah and the other charity that i've been involved with again through radio city is Y kids now Y kids are based in bootle um and it's a very small charity that was set up to help children who were maybe a little underprivileged, I don't like to use that word because I don't want it to come across as patronising or anything like no, that, yeah. but it was to help children who were underprivileged and maybe, you know, not, not having the support they needed at home or something has happened and they set up the awards for the White Kids Believe Awards, which I'm doing again at the end of June actually at the Isle of Gladstone and what's really nice is that a lot of the kids who were nominated, who kind of maybe thought that there was nothing they were going to be able to do with their lives, um, they still message me now and they're like in their 20s and 30s and they're like so you've had that big of, a, yeah, of an impact on yeah, them haven't and you? it's so. like that, that charity has, has literally changed their lives they've, with the money they've raised they've, they've built a centre in Bootle right right in the middle of Bootle a Y Kids centre and it's it's just an absolute honour to be able to be involved in it it really is well I bet well well done you um, that is amazing and how you managed to find the time to <laughs> give yourself so freely to these charities is you know it's a testament to the person that you are Claire no it's not at all I think it's like I think there's so many people and I get so much grief from people going why are you doing that for nothing why are you doing that you know there's there's a lot of backstory with 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 myself with a lot of time that I spent in hospital as a child which I used to be quite ashamed to talk about and I'd be a bit like everyone's gonna try and want to give me sympathy and, and I don't want any of that for you know yourself if you're if you're not well or you've got something that's the last thing that you that you want from people and yeah I almost like denied that that I did have a problem, that I do have a problem. I was in denial of it, and I think it made me think that um, I can, if I can help someone, nobody. I was a child, really quite frightened in a ward at the promenade, which is like the man, you know, the uh, Bermean Gate Mansions, they call it now. Oh yeah, in yeah. Southport, but the, the older hay didn't know what to do with me. Obviously, I'm 96, so you know. <laughs> all joking aside, the last operation I had when I was eight. This is quite funny. I was telling somebody about this the other day. The consultant had never done, the operation had never been done in this country. Wow. And they did it, watching a video. A video, like a video oh, cassette. Like, oh my God. Probably Betamax. Step by step <laughs> yeah. surgery. Well, this is like, and this is like, there was, if I can, if I can be there, some tiny little support somewhere along the line, then that's that's all that matters. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you are a massive support, and it's clear that they've remembered you all those years it's later. Lovely. And you see all this success stories. Come up on Instagram, like you get a DM, and you think, oh God, who's this weirdo messaging me now? Yeah. And you go, oh, actually, there was a man this one. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so. Obviously, you have got your um, radio show that you do, um, but I want to know a little bit more about your singing because I have never seen you sing. Well, that's a relief for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you always been creative, Claire? Have you always been? Uh, have you always liked to entertain people? I'll be honest. Because I was laid up and unable to walk most of the time till I was eight, I found my voice, and every every report, I was that kid that um, I had to be homeschooled for a while because I couldn't go into school because I couldn't walk. Me, um, yeah. actually. My uncle built me a shopping trolley for me to be pushed around on because they had nothing. I like literally, I, oh did, I did homeschool from there, but I found my voice because I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't walk, I couldn't do anything else. So the only thing I could do was talk, I could sing, and then the second was mobile. I was like, 
yeah, here we go. Um, I, I was always known for being the person who did all the shows. And it was, do you remember like sort of back in the day when your parents, families used to come round oh, on a Saturday I was the night? Same. Front door was always open. Yeah, and you, have, you yeah. and the cousins would yeah, prepare a show for it, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and my best, my best mate who lives in York. Oh, we used to like get pieces of paper, we'd make programmes, we'd sell them. Oh so my we'd goodness. go to the and get sweets later. Um, but we'd sell, but you had to come out from behind the curtains, it was always rehearsed. And like, but I always had to have the main part. Of course. And like, so my best mate who lives in York now, we still call each other, call each other Jade Air and Mrs Fairfax. Because <laughs> I always call her, you're right Mrs F, because she went, I always got to carry the candle, I never got to be Jade Air. <laughs> I was like, yeah, obviously. Did Just you write the script as well? Oh, I wrote the yeah. script and, and she was told what she could sing. Yeah. There, was no, there was no way she was getting in. Yeah, and it was all, you could sing backing. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, but, well, if she was lucky on a good day, I did the backing vocals as well. Um, <laughs> poor Nicola, I don't know, she still speaks to me. Um, but all my ever, all my dream ever was was to be the writer in Joseph. So I spent my life um, just thinking, all I want to do is. And I went. I remember going to see it with the Brownies for the first time when I was about seven. Yeah. And it said um, the choir had been supplied by Elliot Clark School of Dance and Drama. So I decided then all I want to do is go to drama You've school. You've got to go. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to that school because I want to be in Joseph. That's what I'm going to do. And my dad said, pass your GCSEs and you can go. Wow. So I was like, can't go now, can't go now. No. So got my GCSEs and I went to drama college. And the very first term, I got to be in the choir in Joseph in the touring production. Which well, tried to trip the narrator up every night, just sneakily put me. So you out. performed at the Empire, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, the Empire. Yeah. I did it the UK tour with Bill Kenwright and all that. So, but every time the narrator walked downstairs, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock her over. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, like, broken your like, leg really put, like a 16-year-old girl on in her place, <laughs> but I don't know. It was good for me. Um, but yeah, that was that was just brilliant to be able to do that because it was just. And it's so that was your first taste of yeah. entertaining oh in front of... Oh my of... God, no, I was in like merry-go-round as a kid, which was like, I used to drag my parents to go and watch stuff at the Little Theatre, the Arts Centre. Um, oh, they got dragged around everywhere, honestly. <laughs> the poor, the, the, my poor parents don't know how they put up with me, I really don't. But when I, when I went to drama college, a lot of people sort of turn around and go, oh, you know, we've got to, we've got to get a loan, we've got to do this, we've got that. Um, Mum and Dad bought me some singing equipment, um, and rather than getting a loan, I gigged like Wednesday through to Sunday night, uh, gigging in. It was like, it was one of those where it was like sort of a working men's club. And we're going, what's the WMC? And they were like, it's a working <laughs> men's club class. I went, oh, right, I see now. Forget you. But, it was a, but you had to go on between the bingo. So you'd either do like 245s or 330s. 330s confused the life out of me. I was like, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. But it's funny because I worked for an agent at the time called Nigel Round. And the rumour always was that, you know, um, Peter Kay, Phoenix Knights, yeah. Harry Potter, the rumour always was that it was a bit like he was based on Nigel Round, which was so funny. <laughs> so I worked for him for quite a while. And while I was working for him, um, do you remember the group Tight Fit? Mm-hmm. You know, the lion's loose. So anyway, they, um, they were also working for him. So what happened with Tight Fit was the people you saw on the telly were like Milli Vanilli, that sort of thing. Yeah. So the people you saw on the telly, they were um, not the people who sang the track. So the session singers bought the name Tight Fit. So then they went out on tour. So ah. I, I then went and toured with Tight Fit yeah. for 18 months. Did you? Like, so oh we did my all, God, yeah. I did not so, know this. Yeah. So, so, where did so, you go? Oh, like all rugby grounds, all over the country, down to London, everything like that. We just went everywhere. How old were you at this I point? I must have been about 19. 
I must have been like, oh, it was. I'm just like, <laughs> I think I was about 18, 19. I was still working as well. Yeah. I was work, by this point, I'd finished college, I'd finished drama college, and I was working at Jack House. Yeah. Um, so the, you come out of drama college and you go, oh, actually, no, not, not everybody wants to sign me. This is a bit shit. This is a very good yeah, yeah. yeah. The title's a boss bitch. Yeah, that's, it's okay. That's all right, yeah. I thought they'd really well be able to learn. So and I kind of felt like when I was touring with Tight Fit, I was just a backing singer. I was this little person dancing around in tiny little shorts and thought, I mean, I want to do a bit more than this anyway. So, but I was still working full time at Jag House while I was doing the tours of an evening and a weekend. And we toured with like books fairs and everything. And it was brilliant. It was so good. We had such a laugh. Oh my God. Um, but wow. then it just got to the point where I thought, there's only so many times I can do. I thought, nah, I'm not doing this again. Um, and then I just kind of thought, I carried on working for obviously like singing and stuff. And then when I went to a gig one night, and this guy came over to me and he like, You've got a really good voice, you know, but you need to go to singing lessons. And I went, Sorry. I was like, I really, I was really offended. I was like, Sorry, sorry, what's this? And he went, No, he said, I'm, I'm like working recording studios and stuff. And he said, Your voice is like an instrument. He went, Go and get singing lessons and you'll just go like to another level type thing. So I found the singing teacher Maureen McKim and Chillwall had been recommended and I trained in opera for I think it was nearly four years and it was just it was hard. You know, like you'd, you'd go yeah. I used to go every Monday night after work in Chillwall and honestly you'd come out like you know, someone sucked the inside yeah. out you'd be like, Oh, you're like my really God. out of breath. Yeah, yeah. And it, but it was things like so she'd take you back and she'd give you exercises and even now you know your exercises, you know what you need to do. And, it's and ingrained it into yeah, you. Yeah, and it did help because when you're when you like, you know when you hear all these people go on X Factor and go, I can't sing because I've got a cold. Well, I'm sorry, love, if you, if you were all trained, you'd be all right, you know. And it was like, it was one of them. But it was, um, it was, it was that, that was a really, really good base for me, to be perfectly honest, to be able to do that. Yeah, so you've moved on in terms of singing style. So yeah. what kind of singing style do you think you'd, ha- you'd say you have now? I think the thing is, I think my favourite stuff to sing is I love singing country. Yeah. I love doing like Oh, I can Sweat. see you doing yeah, that, yeah. I love doing like Silouan, I love Miley Cyrus stuff. I love, um, love that. I, I, I like, I mean, I sing, like if I, if I'm booked for a gig, I'll sing everything from the real thing to take that to yeah, anything, you know, anything, so it's yeah. like, I'll just have a go at anything and, and just, and I think the thing is, I think the main thing about being a singer and you're going out, and I think this is where I sort of got me grounding, you know, if you're stood in the Hope and Anchor on a Sunday afternoon with 72 footy lads shan't get your tits out and you're giving them some grief back, that's yeah. where you get your grounding. Um, so when you go, when I go out, I don't just go and sing. It's a case of you know, I'll have a bit of banter. Yeah, with I'll people. have banter with people. Yeah. I'll take the mick out of them, and you'll have a bit of a laugh with them, and you come up with things, and and that's just. I don't think. I think the thing is, I've never taken myself seriously, and I think that that is the best piece of advice I could give anyone. Um, I completely agree with you. So you, you know, that's why you probably are so so good at what you do when you do uh, your presenting gigs because you can read the room, you can interact with people, and you know you can think on your feet. <laughs> well, I think the thing is as well. Whenever I do anything, I used to do a lot of stuff for cash for kids when I worked at Radio City, which is their charity. And I used to do boxing matches for 500 people in the Titanic and I used to just take my shoes off and throw in the middle and then just bully everyone into an auction. <laughs> um, and it was like, like, you're having that. And I, it's just the kind of, you, you know, you can have that rapport with people. And they got to the point, Cash for Kids, the people who were running it, they used to go, oh, Simo, we're not even printing you a script. 
they went, we don't need it, because they used to give me scripts, and I'd go, I'd go, pick the clipboard, go, go and go, I don't think so, and I'd leave it, I'd leave it at the sound desk, we'd be like, where's your script, I'd be like, what, I don't think I had a script, and then in the end they just went, we're not even bothering giving you a script, because you don't need you one, you don't need one, because it's just a waste of time, and I was like, well, and I, I kind of think it's much more from, the, you know, we did the Pride of Sefton a while ago, Yeah. you know, it was all, um, oh, let's script the questions we're going to ask, nah, when this child gets up on the stage, you know the, the two fantastic. There was Theo coming up on the stage as well. I don't want it. I don't want a scripted question. Yeah. I want to be able to turn around. And Jessica came up with this during my journey. I want to be able to ask people questions. What I feel when they come on the stage and yes. read them. Yeah. And that's how it should be. It should. And you looked absolutely beautiful that night. It was, it was bit, so bit, glamorous. It was a bit too it? much thigh on show. I okay. Like, I something. Was, I know. I, I thought there was just enough. <laughs> I, felt, I felt like a sort of a, a sort of wannabe Jessica Rabbit. I felt really weird. That's no bad thing. Really <laughs> went, My God, Simo, how much thigh have you got out? I went. I'm sorry. I'm wearing knickers for a change, so it's alright. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a, a really good night that was. And um, it's a fantastic. God, venue I ended up. Ground, I ended up bawling my eyes out though. It was, you know, it was very touching, yeah. wasn't it? Some of the stories really well like oh it was and, I, and you know what I have to sort of take a moment as well to mention Andrew McHale who has, has brought the grand to us I did his charity dinner in January with never been starstruck much in my life only twice in my life once with Jane McDonald and secondly with Mick Miller oh you know, man at the door with a bald head to tell him I've got one, one of them. Um, so we did the charity thing for him in January for Andrew McHale and he almost died with COVID. Yeah. He was an, he's another one who's a stubborn git. And yeah. he won't mind me saying that. And the things he's done for Southport, because obviously I'm from I'm from here, I was born in Southport. Um, what he's done with, with Mavericks, with the Bold, with Lord Street Hotel, and what he's put back into the community is just insane and yeah. the fact he brought himself Andrew Brown brought those Pride of Sefton Awards to Southport it was just I think if they'd have picked anyone else to host it I would have probably been very upset <laughs> <laughs> yeah and his his story on the night just really yeah. blew me away it was and it, you know his, his story was that even even on the night of his charity due in January he didn't know the surgeon that had saved his life was there and it was like, I, mean, I just remember stood there and I'm trying to host it and I've got tears running down oh. my face. And he's going, he's all choked up. And you're yeah. going, oh my God, this is like incredible. And it calls it together. Yeah. <laughs> and it involved the Steve Prescott Foundation as well, which Steve Prescott, he was insane. And Martin Blondel runs that. And again, that's another charity that was really close to me. And as was um, during lockdown, um, I went to work for, because obviously there was no radio, there was no gigs, there was nothing like that. I went to work for the charity for Wiston and St. Helens Hospitals Charity and I met a lot of people from the Steve Prescott Foundation there and, and dealt with them and, and that was just, that was just lovely. Yeah, wow. Uh, right, so. Sorry, I'll let you speak. No, it's, no, no, it's, this is all about you and, you know, this is all about you. I, I'm only, I've only got prompts, that's all. But I just wanted to talk a little bit about your lovely children. So tell me, you've got, is it two children? I've got two children, yeah. Michael, he's 20. And Melody, who's 17, um, they're both eight foot six. So I don't know. <laughs> they go to me, Mummy's so small. They go, No, you two just How's the weather up there? Yeah. yeah, honestly, it's like, it doesn't matter how high a heel I have on. Do you know, and, and they are out of everything I've ever done, people always go, Oh, it's the best person you've met. What's the proudest thing you do? My proudest thing are my kids. Yes. I know I've brought my kids up, and I know what I've instilled in them, I know what, what sort of people they are. That everyone without fail still to this day they were always the kids at the parties yeah. that every parent came over to me and went 
your children are so well behaved. Well behaved yeah. I instilled in them, I said, I don't care if you're a little bastard. Just always say please and thank you. Yes. And they were always the most well-mannered children and they still are I think that goes that. a long way it's really important it I think old-fashioned manners just but it is you know can't teach people that <laughs> yeah and yeah. it's like you know also I, I went so I went to London with Michael last weekend he came with me and I noticed even in the hotel he's holding doors open for people Aww. he didn't have to be asked he does it he just naturally does it and I think that little things like that to me mean a lot yeah and they are they are I mean God don't, don't get me wrong I've had some horrific times particularly with him and lads and I think when there's not sort of a father figure around I think the the lad is very not no, I'm trying to think of the word to use for it the lad is very annoyed like I did all the football matches I did everything with him yeah and I think it's like well my dad's not here so I'm gonna take it out on you yes I was married to a footballer yeah I taught my son how to kick football not his dad yeah and he takes it out on you because your dad's not there and it's like you're doing it to pacify him but really it's like well why are you doing that to, to help him out does that I make know, sense and, and they, they always behave worse for the people that they love the most oh, um, yeah, because they you know, know you they know that you're unconditionally yeah. gonna love them you know and you're gonna be there for them no matter what so yeah. that actually says a lot about you as and a it's, parent and it's nice and it is we get to do things like i've just been to bed i was filming over in bedazorm a couple of months ago melody came with me i was filming in london a couple of weeks ago michael came with me and it's nice it's that, nice that they want to do that yeah, that age as well and you've got like, that close relationship you kind of go god i thought i was going to get a break and the pair of them just pop up <laughs> little faces arrive and you're like oh blah, that. and then i think i think the thing i've got to mention above everything out charity wise is um my involvement with um tough earth which is their mental health charity and I became involved with them in 2021 and it's part of Unity of Faiths and it was set up with Tough Earth and uh, Tough Music and they launched the Liverpool International Songwriting Competition yeah. which was in the cavern in 2021 which I hosted and it was set up for artists who were struggling with their mental health during lockdown and they couldn't go out and perform and some of them was the first, it came from all over the world, and some of them it was the first time they performed on a stage since before COVID. And they sat in their rooms writing songs and things. And, and the great thing about this is when you enter a song, you have a button to press as to whether you want to get um, counselling. And you get three sessions wow. free of charge, which is amazing. So we did that in 2021. Um, and then the next thing was, it was like, because um, Liverpool's such a big music city, Nashville had heard about it, and Nashville had gone, um, we want to team up with you, the mayor of Nashville, so last year, uh, went to Nashville to host the final. Oh my God, I bet that was a dream come true, being a country fan. Oh my God, wow. it was just like, I remember going out in the day, um, only because I was only out for five days, four of them I was working, and in the afternoon, Saturday afternoon, I just walked down the Holland Strip in Nashville on my own. Going to every floor, I had like three bands on, and I'd like it was just the most unbelievable thing. And the reason I was in London last week was um, I was mate, this, this is a sentence I never <laughs> thought would come out of my mouth. Um, a smile broad, on your face. I was broadcasting on. live from the Houses of Parliament. Oh, the Houses of Parliament. <laughs> you won't put so many in front of the Houses of Parliament. Honestly, there were all kinds of protesters there and everything. I'm sure because I was there. Um, and then there was. The Are you allowed to say what you were doing? Yeah, we launched the global launch of this year. It's not the road to Nashville. It's the road to Memphis. Wow. So when you enter this year, there's still the same thing where you can get involved, you can click on the thing to get your counselling on it. Yeah. Uh, but the final, I, we haven't confirmed the date, but the final is going to be in Memphis in November. Wow. That's so, fantastic. I've um, never heard of them, so I'm glad you brought that yeah, up. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. If you just follow them, the road to Memphis, that 
that for me is my biggest biggest thing because yeah. I just I've just seen and I, you know you see the finalists and where they've come from and you see how much it's helped them over the years and it's literally changed and it's saved lives it's unreal literally saved lives yeah, yeah. mental health is really important to me and so I'm actually running a fashion show in Southport um, on the 1st of October which happens to be the beginning of um, bullying, uh, National Bullying Prevention Month. So I am raising funds um, for a mental health and anti-bullying charity um, because I, I think those two things are so so important, especially with our young people. Yeah. Um, you know, to to get to get them to practice good self-care yeah. from a very young age. So so important. But yeah, so I think that's. I think the thing great. is, I think it took me till I got to Nashville. I'll be perfectly honest with you, it took me to get to Nashville. A lot of people, you know, there's stigma around mental health these days. I think people, some people sadly, can just wake up the wrong side of the bed and go, I've got mental health issues. Yes. And it's not fair on the people that have actually got them. Yes. And it was only when I got to Nashville and I was away for four days from what I didn't realise was not only a physically abusive um, but mentally abusive relationship okay and I'm watching all these people singing thinking oh my god this is I, I I'm suffering with this and I didn't, didn't realize, realize it until right he now. was banging on I've got these mental health issues and yet it was me that had them yeah and it's me that still now as a result of his behaviour. Even though, you know, sort of eight months on, and everyone goes, oh, Simo, you're this, you're that, you're this. Eight months on, an email from him can send me six months back. Wow. Because of the... Just the, the trigger. Because yeah. the trigger of it. Do you think and that's because you've not really... You didn't realise until later on. I think I didn't. I think yeah, I didn't you've not really dealt with you, it. You're made to think it's you, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important when you look at it and you say... Yeah, you know, it, the people who, this is why this charity is so important to me as yeah, well, because yeah. it's helping so many people, yeah. so many people. Wow, are you okay? I'm fine, no, yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, so tell me about your future plans. Well, let's think, I'm going to marry Matty Healy from the 1975, that's going to happen. Sadies. <laughs> <laughs> he can jib off that Taylor Swift, because she can get lost. Um, future plans, obviously going to Memphis. Um, Waiting for um, a sale of a house to go through to see where sort of my future lies. I'm happy in Southport. You're going to say you're staying in Southport, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm going to say, oh God, yeah, we're going to. The, the only thing that will uh, tempt me is getting me to America. <laughs> um, I just like, I think I just need a bit of time in, in my life for like breathing at the minute. But yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, Memphis, I'm going to be going there. There's so. My, my career in demand, I absolutely love. I love what about it. any events? Have you got any events coming up? Yeah, I've got the Why Kids Believe Awards. That's coming up. Um, when is that, Claire? That is on the 30th of June. Um, I also support another charity called An Hour for Others. That's on the 8th of July. That's coming up. That's at the Titanic Hotel. Um, oh, I love it there. Yeah, Liverpool. that's going to be. Yeah. Yes, I think that's a coyote organ. Oh, no, so that's going to be quite funny. Um, so that's going to be. Do there. you need people to come and dance on the bar? Um, well, <laughs> I tell you what, yeah, I tell you what, yeah, we can come and wave our crutches together, can't we? I know, I know. But yeah, that should be good. Somebody shout water! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's just like um, a whole sort of summer of events and a number of things that I've got, um, I, I've, you know, I've got, I've got a lot of gigs, I've got a lot of stuff coming up at the new Spitfire, I've uh, got gigs there, so it's all it's going quite well. Very, very good. Well, 
Um, I don't know how you managed to fit everything in <laughs> and I'm still be. I'm sleep at night, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, know, I know how you feel, actually. I'm the same. Um, my mind never switches off. No, and then you wake up in the middle of the night, you think, oh, God, have I emailed them back? Have I done this? Have I done that? You can't switch off. I'm terrible no. for it. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for joining me today, Claire. No problem at I all. think I could probably sit and speak to you all the evening. <laughs> oh, God, speak to you, speaking at, speaking at. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not sure for like half an hour. No, it's it's so nice to uh, to hear all your plans. And I hadn't heard of some of these charities, um, so perhaps other people might not have. And it's really good to raise, obviously, their profile on as many platforms as possible. There's also something very exciting happening in another different radio station work for, Sandground Radio. Keep listening, because on the 3rd of July... There is going to be some very exciting news around by Sandground Radio because I do a daily show there and then weekends on there. It's my local station. It's um, We all went sort of remote, they call it, in lockdown. We did have studios and Wayfarers, but yeah. Andy and Brent, who run it, have done something rather amazing and that's going to be announced on Thursday. So that's going to be always going to be revealed. Yeah. Everyone, make sure you tune in, listen to Claire then. And if you've been inspired, how could you fail to be inspired <laughs> by today's guest? Please do pop us a follow, share with your friends, and do join us again next time when we will meet another boss bitch. Thank Yay, you, Claire. I feel cool. That's great. <laughs>